Google that guy. That guy is gifted. But we're gifted our own, on our own. Uh, Harold, awesome man. Awesome. God is using you. God is using you. I want to say a couple things real quick. Thank you for those that prayed for my wife. She's recovering, doing well. And uh, I don't do this often without her, but she's watching at home. And so she's 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 with us in, in technology land. So uh, I miss, I'm, I, so that people are saying hi to you. Uh, and I miss you. Hope you're doing well. I know you're doing well. We'll see you soon. Now, um, something else that's, uh, that's real important is just that, uh, just remember this is a tough time of year for some people. And not that it should be because it should be about Jesus, but I know that we, in this culture, you know, everything gets mixed in with Jesus. And so a lot of times we, we think about family and, and lost loved ones that are not lost. Uh, hopefully they're not lost. We know where they are. They're not lost. They're, they're just ahead of us up the road a little piece. But sometimes that creates grief in, in people's hearts. And so while, while you know, while I'm sitting here, even though we all have grief, but I mean, while I'm celebrating Christmas, meaning the, the birth of Jesus and, and the special season and just, I don't know, it's fun for me. Not everybody feels that way. My prayer is that God will heal your heart, touch your heart, and let you know that you are blessed and that those loved ones that you might miss, that God bless you mightily to have them and they're going to be waiting on you one day if, if, if they do Jesus, okay? So, um, I feel like we should say that. We've got a couple of weeks to Christmas. And is, are Kraft, are you here today? Is Eric Kraft here today? I can't see. My eyes aren't good. Well, Kraft, if you're not here, if you're listening online, he, he sent me a message a couple weeks ago and said he, he liked that I put in so much scripture in the, in, the, uh, in the sermon. So I said, well, that's great. I like feedback. So, Kraft, you might like this message today. If you don't, well, at least I tried, okay? Because the Holy Spirit's about it. So we're going to start with the book of uh, Isaiah. And Dad was all over this last week, and I was all over this. And so it's a special season. And I want to read in Isaiah 9 just to start with. And we are going to read quite a bit of scripture, but it's not going to be long lengthy. Uh, you know, I don't even look at my notes usually, but I only got about three or four pages if I even look at them. So it's going to be short today, okay? Hopefully. I know every time I say that, you call me a liar. So <laughs> never trust when preachers say they're going to be short or lawyers. Isaiah 9, if you want to stand for the reading of the word, you're able, you can. I thought it was amazing worship. And, and that's why I felt this urgency. I, I'm not trying to rush, but. Or, or try to stop the spirit because the spirit was moving. But I, I felt like God was saying, drop it. You know, and I felt like we needed to drop a word in, into the, what was going on. I felt like God was tilling our hearts and, and God wanted to deposit a word. Because I believe God, and when I asked the hands, there were so many people in this room that say you're looking for a miracle from God and you're looking for God to do something today. That's expectancy. And if you're looking for that, I believe God will provide that today, okay? And so we're going to read the Word of God. Nothing more powerful than the Word of God. John, excuse me, Isaiah 9. Here we go. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Somebody just needs to hear that word right there. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair, that's what Harold was preaching or speaking about, will not go on forever. The land is Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that ruins between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. 
For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. And like warriors dividing the plunder, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warriors and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. <laughs> for a child is born. A son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. You may be seated. This is a special season. Yeah. We're in a dark world. But uh, one of the things I like to do at Christmas, and me and Val really like to do, and is, it, but it kind of bugs me a little bit. She can't drive or ride right now. But uh, we like lights. And you know, there was a time when I wanted to keep up with the Joneses, when I wanted to measure my success by how much I could put under the tree for my kids, but God released us from that some time ago, and so I'm really not worried about that stuff anymore. But there is something special, and I know lights are kind of, you know, I guess you could look at it a different way. Some people say, well, it's kind of a gumbo, a jumbo gumbo, because it's kind of a mix of um, holy and, 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 and secular, and, and people, some people don't like all that, and that's fine if that's your gig, but I like it. Reminds me a lot of my childhood. Reminds me a lot of my family. And my family, we always read the read the gospel. We read the birth of Jesus on on uh, on Christmas. And but the lights were pretty. And one of the things we like to do, and it's free. So if you're in this room, you're broke. Okay, this is awesome. This is something you can do. And I'm not being mean. This is probably the best thing you could do. More than you could do on money. You can go somewhere like you know like Gatlinburg or downtown Bristol. You got to pay for the gas, I guess. And just drive around and look at the lights. Yeah. Totally free. And it's inspiring. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it makes you remember that maybe that maybe the world has it all messed up, that maybe they're not even celebrating Christmas the way I would like to see Christmas celebrated sometimes. Maybe I'm not celebrating Christmas like the way Jesus would like me to celebrate sometimes. But it's a reminder that the world pauses to remember there's hope out there. And light sometimes gives hope. Light's a sign of hope in our lives. Darkness is dark, but lightness is light. So I want to start with some scripture real quick. We're going to get into it. We're going to read some scripture. Genesis 1. You don't have to stand for this. If you're taking notes, you better write down quick. We're going to go through some scripture. I want to talk about light. And I want to talk about the special season. And I want God to talk about how, you know, they were just singing that stuff. We don't mix this stuff up. I don't even know if I'm going to preach, but... They were seeing a lot of light of fire down in my soul. We're going to preach about light and getting lit. We're going to preach. We're going to pray that God gets somebody lit. That God gets some people lit today. Okay? It's time for people get lit. I know that's some kind of secular word that means whatever it means, but the devil don't create nothing. He just perverts it. God wants to light you up. God wants to set your life on fire so that others will watch you burn. I promise you. So I'm going to read Genesis 1. Here we go. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God 
created light from darkness. In the very beginning, God said light's good, and He created light. And He separated the light from the darkness. I want to look at the Gospel of John. I want to look at the Gospel of John real quick. And we're going to apply all this in a minute. John 1 and 9, and it says this. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I want to, I want to back up read all John 1. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything with Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Listen. When light shines, it completely fills the room. There's not a situation where when you go into a dark room and you turn on light, the light doesn't get halfway through it. And they stop right in the middle and they just fight. And so this side of the room's light and that side of the room's dark. It doesn't work that way. When you turn on light in your house, the light will feel as strong as that light can be. Of course, the strength of the light will, sit with, will tell you how much it's illuminated. But if I put even a matchstick in that back corner, turned every light out. A little matchstick. Yes. Everybody in this room could see it. The, the, the rays from that little matchstick yes. would make it all the way into the lens of my eye right here in yours. Yes. Light always fills darkness yes. as long as light shines. Yes. Light always Fills the darkness as long as it shines. So God was said, created light and light was good. And then God sent his son, Jesus, who became the light, who was the light, who is the light. I want to read what Jesus said about light in the book of John. Uh, he was preaching in the temple courts at something called the Festival of Shelters. It was a festival of light. So he's in this court context. They got 16 gold bowls in this temple. And the people come and they see the light and it gives them hope. And so he would have been standing in front of this big lit up temple. And Jesus would have had people out in the, in the courtyards there. And this is what Jesus said in John 8. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have a light. That leads to life. Amen. So think about this. Think about this. Those people are there at their festival. And they're looking at lights. And they think they have all these rules to follow. And Jesus is standing right in the middle of that. He also flipped them out when he said, I'm the temple. And the temple's going to be torn down and built back up. But he's standing right there in front of all these lights that are so important. It was set up in the book of Leviticus that they're supposed to do this thing. And he's standing up and says, yeah, I know all that, but listen, I am the light of the world. I came to change things. I've come to flip the script. I've come to give a new covenant. And it's going to be light. And it's going to be love. And it's going to be grace. And here, I am the light. Say light. Light. 
So Jesus came and become a light. God created light, but Jesus came and became the light. John 9, 5, Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So God gave us His Word, and His Word in Psalm 119 talks about that His Word shall be a guide to our path, to our feet, right? Shall light our path. God became, God gave us light because light is good, and He gave us His Word to give us light in a dark world. The problem is we weren't doing too good with that. Humanity didn't do so good. So He sent Jesus to now be the light, to come into the world and show us and shine a different light. Now catch, catch this. Something powerful happened in the Bible, though. God then, Jesus does his job and he goes back to the Father and he sends back Holy Spirit. And Jesus does something crazy. God does something crazy. He says, that light that was Jesus and that light that I spoke, now I'm going to send back Holy Spirit and that light is going to abide in you. So now, you become the light. You are the light. You say, where do you see that scripture? I'll give you a bunch of it. <laughs> Matthew 5, 14, 16. You are the light of the world. Romans 8, 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Thessalonians 5, 5. We are children of the light. We don't belong to darkness. I want to read Matthew 5. We, we talked about that a little bit earlier. You are the light. Now we're talking, Jesus is talking to us. He's talking to his disciples, but he's talking to us. Now Jesus already said, I am the light. So we know Jesus is the light. But Jesus is foreseeing a time when he's going away and sending back the Holy Spirit. And he's calling us to advance the kingdom. So here's what he says. Matthew 5. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one likes a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now I want to read 1 John 1, 5-7. This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in Him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus' His Son cleanses us from all sin. So all this I say to say this. I just read you scripturally laid out what happens here. God created light to give us life, to give us hope, to shine in the darkness of this humanity. When He created the universe, He created light and He separated it from the dark. But and then He gave us His Word to let us illuminate and find the way. He gave us He gave us covenant. He gave us old covenant. He gave us rules and regulations. And He gave us law which was meant to keep us holy and shine light. But we couldn't do it. So He sent Jesus who shined a new light, a brighter light, a light like it never shone before. And He shone it as hard as you can shine for three and a half years. And He accomplished all that He was sent to accomplish. But then He sent back Holy Spirit to put the same power that got Him out of the dirt inside you and I to shine in the dark world, to shine in the dark light, to give hope to others.
says, greater things shall you do than even I do. That's from Jesus. <sighs> you and I have now become keepers of the light. <sighs> Think about that. Genesis 1, Josh. God said, let, it be, let Genesis 3, let there be light. trust imperfect vessels we're lamps folks not about what you and I shine it's about what shines through us nowadays they have something called floor model TVs you pay now I know some of y'all don't believe this but some things y'all think everything's so expensive now and it is but not everything was more expensive now than back then. VCR used to cost about $1,400. TV used to cost a good one, big one, two or $3,000. Now you, you had, that's why you had TV repairmen. Because if you pay $3,000 or something, you get fixed. When you pay $150 Walmart, you go get a new one after three or four years, right? So they had these things called floor model TVs. And they were so beautiful. They were wooden cabinets. They were huge. You could put books on them. And anybody old enough, I know there's some, to remember the floor model TV. You still got one, Zoe? And it works. A floor model wooden TV. Clinton, you need to get some high def, man. You need to get high def. Come on, man. I mean, you can't even see that stuff now. You can't even see the screen is so fuzzy. No, okay, hold up. But we're getting out of the way. There's a floor model TV. Here's the crazy thing about floor model TVs. Let's not lose the track. That's, that's, that's mind blown. Many times they would quit. And if you went to a lot of old people's homes back a few years back, you'd see these TVs still sitting there. And then they had the new TV. They didn't work. It's just too pretty to throw away. But they were useless because there was no light in them. We're not floor model TVs. We're broken, sometimes scarred, sometimes, honestly, sometimes ugly vases. But you put that oil inside there. And light that thing up. And when it's dark, when it's just sitting there empty, it might not be the prettiest vessel, but you light that. transfers from God to us. I want to talk about the characteristics of light and what that means for our life. What are the characteristics of light? If we should be lights, if we are lights, then what that might that mean for our lives? Right? 
I mean, I mean, we don't want to just play games here, right? We don't want to pretend to be something we're not. We don't want to say, oh, we're this, we're not, right? Let, let, you know, let, let, let's, let's see, let's, let's, let's let the Holy Spirit teach us things, evaluate our life, and see if we can't be greater lights in our community and our families. Number one characteristic of light. You can probably put plenty of things. Light changes the environment. Light always wins over dark. You and I are called to the power of the Holy Spirit who reflects Jesus Christ to change the environment in which we sit. If we are not changing the environment, whatever that environment is, you, you, what happens here hopefully is on Sunday morning when people get together at the, at the body as the body of believers, hopefully what happens is God, God does things through corporate worship, through prayer, prayer, through His Holy Spirit and through Word that is meant to improve your life, that's meant to give you more, more light, to light you up, that you guys will, will light up together. But then you guys go out into different environments. That's the power of the gospel. That's why Jesus created ecclesia. He didn't have a sin. That's why Jesus says better than I go away. Because there's one Jesus. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, now there's a, a billion Jesuses. Right? A little, little representations of the power of Jesus scattered in environments all over the place. And so you go into those environments and what you and I are called to do is change those environments. You're not called just to be in the light. You're called to go to dark places. But you're called to change dark places. You should all, our lives should be such that we always change our environment. I'll give you some scripture if I don't trip on this. Kings or whatever they are. John 16, 8. When He comes, we're talking now about the Holy Spirit. When He comes, He will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Titus 1, 9. Holding to the faithful word according to the teaching that he might be able both to encourage with said teaching and also convict those contradicting him. Our presence needs to light up dark places and it needs to convict sin around us. I remember somebody talking, I don't remember who it was honestly, somebody in here that God had done work in. And they said, you know what's crazy? We go to family reunions or some kind of thing. Maybe Christmas, I don't know. And... Uh, used to tell filthy jokes and they still tell filthy jokes but they try to tell filthy jokes and they catch my presence and they oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry right and, and I don't think bad words wordy dirts are the most evil thing on this planet I think they're crude and rude but I, I think evil is more like gossip slander uh, jealousy hate uh, hurtful words I think that's evil but still I think it's pretty cool that our actions should have people question whether we should talk, they should talk a certain way around us. That shows me that there's something in that person's life that is shining that convicts other people from doing certain things in the present. So here's what I ask ourselves. If we're hanging around in certain environments and we're not impacting that environment and there is no change in that environment, there's two possibilities. One is they just don't care and you need to remove yourself. Or two, you and I need to shine a little light, brighter light. Yeah. Because we're not shining. 
sin should not be comfortable in your presence. If people are comfortable in your presence and they're going on, and they're on their way to hell, what are we doing? The Word of God says we're to commit. I said something on Wednesday night. I know people took it right. I don't understand what I meant. I said, you know, biblically speaking, there's a wide road, there's a narrow road. The wide road, most people won't make it to heaven. That's just reality. And, and the scripture says that God will even say, oh, you, did, you went to church. You did miracles. You preached. You, you did all kinds of stuff. I don't know you. I don't know you. And so it really came out of a conversation my sister had on Thanksgiving. And I, and I said, my, my number one goal, well not my number one goal, one of my goals, is that as few of those people wearing Lost Creek shirts, God says that to And you say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean you only like Lost Creek? No, 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 no. But spiritually, I am responsible for the people in this church. That's the difference. See, I'm not responsible for Pastor Brother So-and-So's. I do pray for them. I hope, I know there's great churches out there, and I pray for them. And I, I, I pray that, you know, they just change the world in their community. But I am responsible for you. And so if I create an environment where you're on your way to hell and happy about it, and I pat you along, then God will judge me harshly for that. I will stand accountable. That's scripture. And so I'm not going to let that happen. So, but parents, or any place else God calls you to be is a follower of Jesus. Same thing applies to you. People have free will. But you do your part. You shine in the dark places. You change the environment you go in. And not all of it's just about convicting sin. Some of it's about spreading light. Some of it's about spreading love. You walk into a room and it looks like they've been sucking on prunes all day. Then light that thing up. Light that baby up. And people But change the environment. Uh, environment where people talk about, I remember, and we still have it, people were just talking about hate and separating and politics and race and all kinds of things. People just were looking for reason to hate each other. And, 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 and we as Christians, we just can't engage in that kind of stuff, man. we got to be bigger. we got to change the environment and not let the environment change us because light overtakes darkness. So characteristic number one, Change your environment. Life changes the environment. Yes. Jesus was a game changer. <laughs> I got a shirt, Air Jordan shirt. It's just Mike, and it says game changer. Because <laughs> he changed the game. Yeah. The game used to be under here. Now it's up here in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying other people didn't do that, but Mike changed the game. Let me tell you something. Jesus changed the game. But now he's called you to change the game. Because there's some people that says, well, they can never do this. They're just an ex-addict. They can never do that. They're just from the hillbillies. They can never do that. They're just country. They can never do that. They're broken. They can never do that. They've made mistakes. They can never do that. They've been in jail. They can never do that. They're not educated. They can never do that. They can't see good. They can never do that. Blah, blah, blah. And Jesus says, change the game.
always shows the way. I read Psalms 119, 105 earlier that the word of God is a lamp to guide my feet and light my path. But understand this, John 12, 35. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. There's a world out there. Cracks me up. I mean, it really does. When people say, oh, this world's so evil, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm not shocked. Because dark does what dark does. Why do I expect non-Christians that Christian? Why am I mad at them? Have you ever wondered why Jesus never yelled at no sinner? <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. He never yelled at an obvious sinner. He got on to a lot of hypocrites. <laughs> but he never, and his own followers. <laughs> but the little broken people, he picked them up. The world is broken. And if I turned off every light in here, total darkness, we've got emergency lights, but if we didn't, it was just total black chaos in this room. And I yelled, there's snakes running in the house. Or like that old Ray Stevens song, that Mississippi Squirrel Revival, or whatever that thing was. Woo! I don't know about it. Is that Jerry Clower or Ray Stevens? Ray Stevens. I knew it was one of them. It had to be. Oh! That'd be somebody right there. I turned off every light and I released the snakes. <laughs> but would I be yeah. But would I be surprised that you guys were running each other, banging your heads and clawing over each other and scratching over each other? Would that surprise you? That you would black your eyes and hit walls and trip and break ankles and and, and some of you, let's be honest, would, would call, climb over other ones to try to get out. <laughs> because in the dark, that's how it is. There's a dark world out there, guys. It's getting darker. And don't be surprised when we hear these things, that there's all this such and such. Well, of course, don't believe everything you hear, but it is wicked out there. And don't be surprised at that. Because they're in the dark. And you know the weird thing is, Jesus has already did what Jesus came to do. He brought the light. And He gave it to you and me. And so He's told us to go out there and shine that light. You know what I could do? If I had this mind, if I were a really responsible keeper of the light when that happened. I said, okay, everybody stop. Nobody move. I'm going to get out my flashlight or now it's the cell phone, right? Because it's everything. I'm a cyborg. Let me get it out. <laughs> Whatever I need. And I'm going to point that light. I said, here, guys. Here's the way. Here's the way. Follow me out. And everybody in this room could see that light and you could get in line and you could make your way out because light makes the way light shows the way Jesus made the way but he's called you and I to show the way 
The song says Waymaker. Amen. He is the Waymaker. But it's our job to show people the way. Acts 1, 7, 8, the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit will come upon you. And you, say, uh, come, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon me and I'm going to come back about every week and come down here and give some kind of... No. It says, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you, you, who's you? You will be my witnesses. You will tell people about me everywhere. They say everywhere. Does it just say at church? Just a recovery at church when we go to prison, when we go to all these awesome things we're always about. And there's something going on all the time. And thank God for that. Isn't that awesome? But I tell you what, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's the marketplace, the school place, the workplace, or the places where you and I are just doing our business and trying to get through and not have to talk to nobody. Jesus called you and I to show people the way. And they're out there in darkness. And it's not enough for a preacher to do it because I'll preach my best. Every time I get, I'll probably mess up. He'll preach his best too. And there's preachers all over this country. There's preachers all over this county up there trying their best. They studied all night. They prayed. They cried over this sermon. They'll cry afterwards. They'll sit here and think, Lord, what I could have I done better? I messed up. I should have said this. Shouldn't have said this. That's just the nature of this job. There's preachers all over this county doing that right now. But the Word of God says, you are called to be my witnesses and shine your light. Shine on, brother. Shine on, sister. Number three. John 14, 6. We'll bridge these two. John 14, 6. Jesus says something very powerful. You know the Scripture. Jesus says, I am the way. Waymaker. I am the truth. And I am the life. Number two is truth. Light reveals truth. I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going to take anybody in this room, male or female, who's on social media, especially people under 30, but anybody. I'm going to put you in your bathing suit. And I'm going to get the brightest light I can and stand you right here. And then that's going to be your Facebook profile picture. Why don't we like that? Because it's too true. <laughs> it's too real. And so if you're on the social media, and you're a guy, you want to turn... They even teach you. You, you know how to turn and do different angles. I'm going to out-angle you. I, I'm going to angle my best life. I ain't going to talk about girls. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's all right, life. But there's truth to that. And it, be, it goes beyond pictures. It goes beyond the body image. It goes into our life. Because in a spiritual standpoint, we do the same thing. We don't like the reality of the true light being shined on the show. Show? Mom? Show? Huh? Okay. We don't like light shine on us. I think it's shown. Shining it 
And so it's easier if we look at the world and our own lives and other people's lives through something that you all know about now. This has been a harder message to preach 30, 40 years ago. Because on your phone you have a magical device called a filter. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes that bright, harsh light and you can modify it to make you look as pretty as you want to look. And I don't know, because I'm not on social media, but my understanding is that you can even, you know, if you get the right technology, I can edge a little more ab, I can blow up a little more whatever, I, girls do whatever they do, you know. I mean, <laughs> but spiritually speaking, is it not the same with us? That And I just want to look a certain way to you. And no matter how you look in kindness or what I think is kindness, I'll accept it. And that works physically. But spiritually, I shouldn't. Because if I shine a light on you, and it's truth. It will reveal things to you. My light should shine truth, should shine truth to those around me. Not by being, I don't even have to all the time. Sometimes it's words. Oh, I need to bring back Thor Jonah from the boat. That's the greatest message. I love that message. But the whole point of that message is Jonah was going away from his destiny. And some men did something that looked very mean, but it was the most loving thing everybody ever did to Jonah. They threw him overboard. Because by throwing him overboard, he got him into a body of a bell that got it well, that got him into a fish, that got him spit up on a land that took him back to his purpose that changed the world. But if those men would put filters on the phones, that's just Jonah. I won't be nice to him. I mean, how can I win him if I'm not nice to him? That millions of people would have often lost and went to hell. Millions. How many Jonas do I keep on the boat? Because I'm afraid to shine true light to the people around me. What if they don't like me? Oh, what if I'm alone? Oh, if I'm alone, oh, I can't make it alone. I can't make it alone. I would Billy Joel said. Sharing the drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. I can't handle being alone. I can't handle the thought of being alone. So I'll do anything in my life just not to be alone. <laughs> I'll take anybody and I'll lie to them about how, how they, I'll lie to myself. Just don't make me be alone. <laughs> That's a filter. Shine bright light on yourself and everybody around you. Light. Reveals truth. I can filter. I can edit pictures. I can edit photos. Not a rose color. They used to have a song in the 70s. Rose colored glasses. <laughs> Same concept. John 16, 13 says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is Jesus talking about Holy Spirit. 
who is the light inside becomes the light. Jesus is the light, but he lights us up inside of us. Something powerful about truth. It's real. In the end of the night, most of us can't handle it in our own life. Remember that message that we show? You can't handle the truth! <laughs> Sometimes truth is hard to handle. But it will change our life. Number four. That's the three. Three characteristics of life. Number one. Was it changes the environment? Number two, it shows the way. Number three, it gives truth, meaning true vision, right? Yes. It shows the truth. Yes. I mean, my eyes, there's times I can't even read the expiration on my Greek yogurt, so I have to get a bright light and put on that thing, take a cell phone photo, and blow it up to read. Anybody else have to do that? To read the expiration date on my Greek yogurt. <laughs> light reveals truth. Number four, light is not meant to be hidden. Y'all remember that song? Hide it under a bushel. No. Hide it under a bushel. No. I thought we had a discussion about this like a month ago that you guys weren't really hanging on there. When I start, because I can't sing, so when I start singing, you guys are supposed to jump in there and give me a chorus of help and support. But I feel sometimes like I'm rowing this boat alone up here. What is the point of light if it's hidden? Old timers, Val gets on to me because she grew up with a 90-some-year-old daddy. And I remember my grandparents. And everybody in here that's country, you had grandparents or parents or somebody that would say stuff to you like, you left every line in the house on the child. That lecture bill's going to be $10,000 because you left that light bulb burning. And then, and then I'm talking about how light transfers, those old tales transfer too because then we say it to our kids. But you got to think about it. There's some, there's some wisdom to that. What's the point of me being gone and having a light shine and nobody there? What's the purpose of that? Light is not meant to be hidden. God has no desire for you to come in here on a Sunday. You better get a hold of this. I know it feels good. It feels good. You know, it feels good. I know it feels good. But there's nothing... That God wants to see about you coming here feeling good and then leaving and hiding your life awake. He wants to light you up. And then he wants you to shine all week long. Why would we hide that light? And if we spend it, so if we go places and we hide our light. What are we doing? 2 Timothy 1.8 Do not be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel. Matthew 5.16 Let your light shine before others. You were meant to stand out. You were meant to stand out. Stop pretending to be small. Stop trying to hide your light under the excuse of shyness or personality. There is no excuse not to shine. Yes, not everybody's going to be big mouth. Yes. Not everybody's going to preach. Not everyone's bubbly. 
Not everyone sings in the shower. I don't doubt that, Steve. I don't. Stephen, I would say you are one of the most inspiring people I know. Because you don't hide your light. Isn't it not odd, but isn't it an interesting statement? Why do we hide our light? Well, it's not the situation. But what is the situation? Are there situations where you're a Christian, situations where you're not? Are there situations where somebody's soul matters and it don't? But what's the situation? What's the right situation, Mikey? I mean, it's, I know one thing about this cat. He's not figured out the right situation. And that's why he don't hide his light. I've heard people say, well, when I do this job, I'm a, when I'm in the pulpit, I'm a pastor. When I do such and such job, I've heard this said about some, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard this said. When I do such and such job, then I'm something else. What is the right situation for your light to shine? Your light is never meant to be hidden. Ever. Ever. You know what? God gives the mm, Holy Spirit has lit up you through the light is Jesus. But you know what? He doesn't give us an on-off switch. He don't give us an on-off switch. You might try to choke it out. You might put a cover over it. But in your soul, there is no on-off switch. There's times you don't feel it, fine. But do you really think the same life that rose Christ from the dead is something that I have control just to turn off when I don't feel good? Turn off when I'm a little depressed. Turn off when... Listen, this is a powerful life that you and I don't have the power to turn off. But we can hide our lives. And sometimes we don't even have the light. There's a world out there that needs it. So light is not meant to be hidden. Well, I haven't. You just wasted. You just wasted Papa's juice. Anybody ever heard that juice? The juice man. They too young for that. Listen, when you go get OJ, you, that's the juice bills more. It's like ODP used to be. Electricity. Fifth and final thing about that. And it might be one of the most oh, beautiful things. My sister, who's also not here today, because and I got my third favorite piano player in the whole world up here. Yeah. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing a good job. He's, and that's a compliment because the two I got ahead of you are pretty high. But you're my brother and I love you, and you're my favorite brother. I like you better than the other. Oh, there is no other one, but I do. You are my favorite. <laughs> love you, Will. I love you, Will. Appreciate you. My sister talks about this. And it's amazing. The fifth characteristic of light I want to talk about. Really important this time of year. Really important every time of year. It's something we don't talk about much in here, but I've seen a lot of it lately in you all.
I saw it in you all. I saw it in you all last Friday night, man. I've seen it every I see it in you all. Light, there's some inherited that you may not think about this very often, but it's inherent in it. Because you can take a little baby, the smallest baby, and you put it in front of this magical light thing, little thing in there, even little things they make in their, well, plate and you know, things. Huh? What? Mobile. But now I think they have technology ones that don't even like the old ones you might like. Now I think they have like, Paul Will knows that. They probably have, I think they have ones that just lights, right? The ceiling and everything. You can just, you can put those light. You put a little kid, a little baby in front of that. What reaction do you get out of that baby? You said all. Oh, that's a good word. Amazement. I would say that's all good and perfect. Light creates wonderment. Wonderment. Sometimes it takes Christmas. You wonder why, you know, you you you'll they'll, they'll, they'll put a million lights at Bristol Motor Speedway and people go wait eight hours to drive through it. Why? Because of wonderment. Yeah. Dang on, if I go to 1231, you all, some of y'all will be looking at your watches, but you wait eight hours for those Christmas lights. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was being mean. That's that's a little mean to preacher jab. That wasn't. That's not spirit. That's not spirit. That's flesh. Still felt good. Or why even not, not even Christmas? July Fourth. Why does everybody go out and just stand in the field at the lake, or out on the boat at the lake, or wherever you are, just to downtown Norton, and just stand with their eyes up in the air? I mean, I've lived over half a century. And I stand out there. And I watch till the finale. Why? It's like we know what's going to happen. Alright, it's color. I get on the computer and watch the same thing while I'm working. Right? But there's wonderment in that light. That you and I better never lose. When I saw that Friday night, we, we, I've been doing this, guys. I'm not trying to brag or toot my horn, but you know how many times I've been in that prison alone? You know how many times me and Val, you know how many times other people have too, Dad? Many people. I'm not saying just me. I'm just saying, you know how many hundreds of times I've been to that prison? You know how many salvations? You know, you know how many times I've been? I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. They know me really well. You know why they know me really well? Because I go all the time. Because I'm dedicated to them. But here, listen to this. Here's the problem with that. You all came back that hadn't been. And you were amazed. Yes. And God showed me something in that. That I better never lose that. 
think ministries where they've went dec a decade without seeing a single salvation. And we ring a bell and people just look at their watch or thinking about football and just, you know, have we lost our wonderment? Has this thing stopped impressing us? Are you not entertained?
filled with His Spirit and change your life. You've been inoculated to the light and you've lost your wonderment. It can happen to any of us. It's happened to me. It happens to preachers all the time because it's, it can become like a job. You know, my job is to have a sermon and my job is to give a good sermon and then I'll feel good about myself when people come to the altar. It makes me feel better about myself. It comes about my ego. But we can't lose the wonder that Jesus is When those guys, when you guys came back on Wednesday night, you were talking about, probably still talking about, about those guys and that unit 35 and them coming to the altar. And oh, when you guys started talking in wonderment and amazement. You know what you did for me, this old preacher, this old cynical, mean, bulging vein, the, 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 the one that nobody, everybody thinks is mean all the time. You warmed my heart. And you reminded me. That I should still be awestruck every time the Word of God is open. Every time somebody gets a miracle that I, maybe they've had a million of them, and I, maybe I'm guilty of saying, well, but maybe this is the one they need today. May we never lose our wonderment. And not only may we, may, may we never lose our wonderment, we're talking about what the light does. Let the light in us. That's what you guys did. All, all, a lot of you in the community. Mike, I don't know who all here. All, all kinds of people were out in this community. And you were spreading wonderment. Your light needs to be like the speedway at lights or the fireworks show or that Christmas tree. You're my light. Needs to not only keep us wonder to God. But those out there that don't know the light need to be amazed by what you show and what they see in your life. You're not going to be perfect, but they can see something different in you. And they can see how... You know when this church grew, when we were in that little church that, you know, held, held 100 and we had 250 in or whatever? You know when we grew, it's because people, how it's God, Holy Spirit draws, but God uses people. God didn't, I mean, he may have, but he most of the time didn't go in the middle of the night and wake people up and say, go to church. You guys went and invited them or you demonstrated. More than not, more times than not, you just showed something that they said. You get out and talk. And people come to church and say, I, I got to check it. What, what, what's going to happen this Sunday? If I miss, somebody might let it time. And we don't know. I don't know. What's, I don't want to miss it. I just don't want to miss it. I just can't miss it. So wonderment, amazed, inspired. Luke 5, 26, this is the scripture that goes along with that. Jesus healed a paraplegic man. And the scripture says those people that saw it was gripped, gripped with great wonder and awe. God still does miracles. He does them here every Sunday. He does them through the week. He does them on 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He, he does them in prison on Friday nights. He does them in recovery on Monday nights. He does them every ministry we have. Wednesday, Friday, he does them. Youth, he does them. He does them in the little chicken. He does them at Walmart. He does them in your work at school. Shine light in your life. Are others awestruck with you? Because there's something different. I've heard that. I heard it in the recovery where somebody came in here and said, the fact that Shane Bond, Shane, Shane and Roman, the fact they're still they're here. And I knew them back when, I'm amazed. I don't know. They didn't. And here's the thing. Those two guys didn't preach a message to either one of them that day. I'm not saying they haven't spoken, they have and they will. But I'm saying that night, they just showed up and it created amazement. Our light needs to show amazement and wonderment, and we can't give what we don't have. So we're done. You say this. Sometimes we don't shine the right kind of light and do these five things and other things because we can't give what we don't have. Sometimes we lose our light, we don't, or maybe never got our light. That's a whole theological. Woo, not touching that one. <laughs> Sometimes we let our light grow dim. And sometimes there's people here, maybe don't even, don't even have the light in them totally. Really. One of the things I like to do, we're done. I like to go to the ocean, I like lighthouses, I like beaches, I like water, I like mountains, but I like lighthouses. In the old days, there's one down the Keys that's way offshore, it's miles offshore. And in the old days, now it's just all computer. But they had to take boats out, people had to serve shifts in there. They'd stay on this, in this lighthouse. This lighthouse is like the size of that sound of that drum booth. And a dude would, a dude would stay in there for like a month until another dude came and relieved him. And one year there was a hurricane. They thought they were dead. They left them out there like a month. And then finally somebody came out there and dude was still out there. But in the old days it wasn't computers. And so there was a guy who had to watch the light. He had to make sure it was run by oil. So I don't have time to get Oh, I wish I had time. But he had to make sure the oil was filled in that lighthouse. And, and there was wicks. And he had to make sure the wicks were trimmed. Because if the wicks weren't trimmed, it wouldn't burn. And his job was to shine a light because lighthouses are put in the most dangerous places there are. So if you wonder why am I why do I say why am I why why? Maybe you're a lighthouse. Maybe there's danger around, and maybe there's people that need to see your light. That's exactly. And, 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 and if they gotta let that light out. And you know when wrecks happen? The darkest night and the worst storms. Yes. Yeah. When it's sunny and 98 degrees, who cares if the light's on? But when it's a dark storm, you need light. Yeah. Some of y'all know about storms. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, I know about storms. Yeah. There's times in my life that God has strategically placed people in my life. And I didn't shine my light, but thank God... They kept theirs burning. You are keepers of a light that is so important that Jesus died 
and sent back Holy Spirit to give you and I the honor of being a lighthouse and advancing the kingdom of God. So I think I think the president's got an important job. I, I, I think the mayor, I think the governor, I think the doctors and the hospitals. I think you have an important job to do. To shine. To shine. And keep the light burning at all costs. Despite the storms. Despite the pain. Keep shining your light. That is what you were put on this planet to do. Is to be a light to the world. And demonstrate the powerful light of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray. But ask yourself this. Could I shine brighter? You know, God's light was so bright that Moses got a holy sunburn. He looked like George Hamilton on steroids. And Moses got a holy sunburn in the presence of God. Because God is always, whenever I could read, I could go through the scripture if we had another hour, we know. God is always associated with bright light. We are children of the light. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me right now. I want to say this over you. I mean this for me too. I want to shine brighter, guys. I want to make more, more of an impact. And, and I, 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 at times lately, and at different points in my ministry and my life, have said what I'm going to say today. God, forgive me for the times I don't shine like I should shine. That, I, that maybe I don't always shine for my children or my wife or my sibling or siblings or my parents or my church or my community or the people I work with for the people maybe I don't always shine as bright as I could I want to be a brighter light and a better light to my family and my friends and my community I want God I want you to make me the keeper of the light that changes this community but here's the thing I pray that prayer over you today too God let every man, woman, boy or girl in this room and on this internet and in these prisons that this is going to and around, around the world. Let every man, woman, child, at the sound of your voice, at the sound of this message, the sound of my voice speaking your word. Let everyone examine their life right now and say, do I want to burn more too? Oh, never be satisfied, guys. When you get satisfied, you lose your wonderment. <laughs> You lose your amazement when you get satisfied. That's my prayer over this congregation and everyone listening to the sound of my voice is that we start burning brighter together and we change the environment in which we find ourselves. Is there anybody in this room? Everybody just keep your head bowed. We're almost we're done. Just ahead of them. He says, I want that light in me today. I need that light. Is there nobody looking at you? Everybody just raise your hand with me. I want to point you out. It's your it's personal. I see you back there. I see you up here. I see you over there. I see you over there. I see you over all these hands. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's honestly, remember one of the purposes of light is it reveals truth. And whether we reveal it, whether we open our hands or not, there's a lot of hands went up. Light will reveal truth to you. 
And that's a good thing. So some of you said you need that lightning. How many would say this? I want to burn brighter for Jesus. I know I can burn brighter. I want to make more of an impact in this community. I, I got levels I've not hit yet. I know that's me. My, I got I got ten toes, ten fingers, and my and my uh, beard hair is sticking. I mean, I I want to burn brighter. And if I ever get to the point I don't, God help me. God forgive me. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And if you need some fresh oil or you need your whip trim, sometimes we need a little bit of both. Ain't nothing wrong trimming some wick every once in a while. You need some wick trim sometimes. You ain't too big for that. My mama used to say, or I talk about grandpa or somebody used to say, you ain't too big to get a whoop in that, are you? <laughs> you ain't arrived yet. You can't get your wick cut down a little bit. I'll tell you that right now. You might need a little fresh oil. You might need to like the old cell phones. You might need to recharge. You might need to put in a charger a little while. You may need on power save mode. <laughs> Amen. Every hand back up. We're going to count to three. And if you want to come today and give your life to Jesus or to rededicate or just to get more fire in your life, just say, God, lock me up today. You want to bow? Let me tell you something. There's something powerful about bouncing off of other people to live. <laughs> so put those hands up on count three. One. Put them up, put them up. So when you put them down, you quit on me. Two. Don't you let the devil talk you out of your fire. Don't you let the devil talk you out of this. When I get to this next number, everybody stand and move. Three, come on. Stand and come. Stand and come. You raise your hands. Stand and come. Stand and come. You still